Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today on our next episode uh, of St. Matthew's United Methodist Church podcast. Uh, today's an interesting episode because I had the privilege of preaching on Sunday. Uh, I think it went well. There was no fires and and no, you know, electricity. Uh, but uh, no, no lightning bolts. No anyway. lightning bolts. Right. 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 That's Zeus. Um, <laughs> But uh, we thought it would be really interesting today to talk uh, about uh, sermons, kind of what they are, why we do them, our, our, uh, the work that goes into behind the scenes, like preparing those and then sharing those. Um, and so I told Dave I wouldn't do this. Uh, I'm, I'm very new, and Dave is less new. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to say it. Yes. Yay! Uh, uh, so, um, but that that's super cool. Uh, and so, by the way, I'm Pastor Kelly, and I'm Pastor Dave, and we're so glad that you could join us. Let's get into it. All right. I love the light, man. I do too. I do too. And the 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 lamp itself is is just got really a, a great character to it. I love that. Yeah. And the fact that it reminds us of Christ being here with us is, right. is especially great. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I need I need somebody to follow around with me when I actually decide to listen and just flick the light, <laughs> and then when I'm not, just turn it back off, right? <laughs> Great. But since we're talking about sermons today, and since you've you've done you you're recently off of preaching one, tell us, um, and you're fairly new to the to preaching. Tell us kind of what process you went through in this last week or in preparing mm-hmm. for the the preaching moment in in worship this week. Yeah, so I uh, I'm gonna answer that by giving you just at least a little bit of context. So uh, I've been a Methodist pastor. I've been licensed a licensed local pastor in the in the Methodist Church for four and a half years now. I'm coming up on year five, I think. I can't do math. Don't quote me. Um, and so when I went through the process, I went to what's called licensing school, and at licensing school, it's two weeks, and and this is one of the things we talk about is like. What do you do? How do you get there? How do you how do you study? How do you how do you handle the biblical text well so you're not making stuff up? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, my process. Um, <laughs> so I have 800 tabs open on my web browser um, where I'm cross referencing things. Um, I have verses, so the scriptures that I'm going to be preaching from. Um, on my desk, what you would see is you would see two commentaries, uh, a a Bible that has notes in it, and then a and then a Bible dictionary. Uh, the commentary and the Bible dictionary I bought while I was in licensing school, and every time that I've preached since then, um, they are part of my normal. Um, now, how much the Bible dictionary is involved in whatever I'm preaching on depends on if the words I'm going to use are in there <laughs> or of right. anything from it. Right. Um, but, uh, so that's my process. Uh, I should say it this way. Whenever I get ready to start writing the sermon, um, uh, there's typically like, whenever I round the corner is what I call it. Um, there's two days of prayer mm-hmm. and kind of contemplation of mm-hmm. whenever I get a free second or a free moment, I'm like, okay, God, we'll, we talked about this, and I know this is kind of what's on my heart, but what about this is important to me? What are you showing me? Mm-hmm. So it always starts introspectively. Mm-hmm. Like, there's got to be something about that um, that it resonates with me. 
Um, and then after those two days, typically, then it's the commentaries and the Bible dictionary and the verses, and I'm, I'm working through them line by line. Um, this one was different, though, because I used the lectionary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, can you explain in layman's terms what sure. the lectionary is? So the, the lectionary is simply a, a plan that many, many churches across the world use to kind of march through Scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's, uh, so, and it's a three-year plan. So in three years, you kind of touch on a lot of different scriptures and then it repeats, mm-hmm. uh, over again after three years. So it means that any, uh, pastor or any church that is using the lectionary, uh, will be following the same text, yep. um, you know, across different communities, which is pretty cool. And then mm-hmm. as a, as a pastor, it's cool to use the lectionary because it keeps you from kind of cherry picking. So, you yep. know, I'm drawn, you know, to several texts more strongly than than others, but mm-hmm. if you're if uh you've taken on the lectionary practice, then then you're kind of forced, you're stretched mm-hmm. to take on passages that maybe you're not comfortable with, um, you know, or wouldn't be otherwise. Right. So it really helps you kind of get into the the full depth and breadth of scripture and all that all that is right. there. And I think too, like what was super cool for me. Uh, and so, uh, as an associate pastor, because every every gig I've had, I've been an associate. So I don't I don't have the responsibility of every week preparing a sermon, handling that, like praying through that, and preparing, and then and then preaching. Uh, I get to sit on a message or sit on verses for months at a time, and then when I like get the opportunity to, then I get to just unleash all of that that I've been thinking about. I don't have to do it every week. Um, but what was so cool about the lectionary was um, it, it matches up with, because last week's podcast, right, the church calendar, it matches with that as well. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. for me, it was neat to go, um, I, it's, a, it, it's Epiphany Sunday, um, but it's already been decided for me. I don't get to pick. Right. I have to, I have to submit to that process Mm -hmm. there. So anyway, so for me that that's like my own personal process in the limited amount of times that I've gotten to preach, um, logistically Mm -hmm. now spiritually, it's a totally, it's a different kind of thing. Um, but I'd love to hear you logistically. So what's your process when you preach? So, um, so I plan typically four months of sermons at a time. Not me. <laughs> uh, again, I've, uh, you know, because it's not just me working on a sermon, it's uh, we're putting together worship services. So we have a music person, mm-hmm. we have a, a children's person who's going to be leading a children's message. Uh, we've got uh, people who have to put slides together and, and all of those, all of those kind of things, bulletin, you know, prep. And so it helps everybody kind of be at their best to know ahead of time uh, uh, to be organized in the way we pick the scriptures and pick the themes for each worship right. service. And so I lay that out. I've, it's, uh, what I have found is um, that if I do four months, so I'll do January through April, and that'll, that'll cover Lent and the Easter season, no matter where Easter falls. Um, and then I'll do kind of the summer months. So uh, May through August. So that covers the summer pretty well. And then I'll do September through December, which covers the end of the year stuff. So those feel, um, uh, like good blocks mm-hmm. to do. And so I'll do that every year and I'll, 
uh, several weeks before the following, the previous plan ends, I'll start to work on the next one. And I'll spend several days just talking, thinking about, you know, what kind of things does the church need to hear? What kind of things do I want to say? What have I observed? What kind of season is the church going through? You know, what would be helpful? Um, you know, in, in, in addition to my, my prayer time and my own kind of personal devotion time, what are uh, kind of things am I learning? What am I being led to? I kind of try to listen to all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'll go through and do the the plan, the four month plan. So I can lay out series, um, you know, as the, the years fall, it falls together, different seasons, you know, will require different kind of lengths of series. Right. And so I might have, find myself with three weeks where I don't have anything. So uh, is there a three week series that I can kind of plug into there or can I make one Mm -hmm. uh, to fit that or to fit a specific purpose? So all of that planning helps me to do that. And then by publishing that to the, to the team Mm -hmm. here at the church, then everybody else can work in, in fleshing out their responsibilities in, in that as well. So that's, um, so, and when I do that, so specifically now, so that's the, the kind of the big plan. And then specifically, so when I get to the week where um, the sermon's going to happen, so I've already got a, a scripture passage. I've already thought some about that passage. I've thought about uh, some illustrations and those kind of things. Typically on Mondays, I like to kind of sit with all of that. And and during life, however it pans out, if I see uh, you know, something on TV or read something in a book that really strikes me. And I think, well, I'm going to have a sermon about that in six weeks. You know, this might be something good to put in. Mm-hmm. I kind of just store it away. Uh, I keep notes on my computer. And so I'll store it in the folder uh, where I can access it then, um, right. you know, when that week comes up. And so, uh, you know, I might have several different resources already picked for that sermon. That's awesome. Um, and so then I pray about, are these appropriate? Are they not? You know, and, mm-hmm. and frankly, most of the time they're not, um, <laughs> but sometimes they are and they fit and they get, you know, worked in. Okay. Um, uh, but it's all there it's so that I'm not just starting fresh on Monday morning for right. a Sunday sermon, but I have all these resources. So typically I'll, on Mondays, I'll sit down with all of those resources. I'll start to again, pray about and think about, you know, the sermon and, kind of then, you know, what my thoughts were at the time when I was planning, and then has anything changed? Mm. Um, you know, uh, is there a big, is there a big, um, for example, when the Uvalde shooting happened, right? Uh, I threw all of that stuff out the window. Right. And really, um, that week, I, I started about three different sermons, mm. um, and none of them seemed appropriate. Uh, and so by Sunday, what I during the preaching moment, um, I led a lament. It wasn't a, a sermon at all, really. Mm. Uh, it wasn't constructed as a sermon. It was just meant to think about and to pray for uh, and to lament the, the, the tragedy that, that happened. Yeah. And we did that as a congregation. So, you mm. know, so there are those kind of things that will pop up that can change what's going to happen in that moment. Right. Um, and so I'm always you know, never so tied to something that it's got to be said. Right. Um, you know, only if it's appropriate in the context. But so Mondays, I kind of begin that that planning kind of stage. Wednesdays, um, I'm, I'm a, you know, then it just kind of gets refined mm-hmm. and down. And then Sunday mornings, you know, it, it, it continues until yep. Sunday morning. It's never complete. Yeah. My sermons are never complete until they're spoken. <laughs> 
but Sunday morning I'll get up uh, early. I'm usually up at like five on Sundays, five thirty, mm-hmm. something like that on Sunday mornings, and that's when I start putting the physical slides together that'll be put up behind me, you know, as I'm preaching. Um, I've already got a good idea of what's going to be on the slides. I just that's when I'm actually typing it in, gathering right. the pictures, those kind of things. So that doesn't take me very long. Um, and then by doing that Sunday morning, I'm also aware of what my slides are as I'm presenting it. Mm. So that slideshow is fresh in my mind mm. as I do the presentation. So I know okay. what slides coming up next and all those kind of things. That's awesome. Uh, and sometimes I forget and stumble around, but <laughs> folks are generally very forgiving. And, <laughs> and, uh, but that's, that's kind of my process. Um, that's awesome. I don't, I don't preach from a manuscript, so I'm not writing one out, but I am kind of taking uh, the resources that I have, the illustrations that I've, have come to me. How am I going to talk about this? What format of a sermon is it going to be? Am I going to go right. line by line through the scripture? Right. Am I going to build it around a certain illustration? Am I going to, you know, there's different ways you can do all of that. Right. And I try to mix it up um, just to keep things fresh, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. So I, uh, to echo something Dave said, um, for me, uh, so there's this, this own kind of growth I've gone through where uh no I haven't preached a lot. I think like I think Sunday was number 8. Uh and uh, so something I used to fight when I would be sharing something in public, especially spiritual in nature, right? Um is I had it in my head for whatever reason that I had to be so prepared and know exactly what I was supposed to do before I got out there to do it. And uh don't go watch the recording from Sunday. <laughs> Because I can't sit still. Uh, I told you we were going to bring it up. It's a running joke of like, Kelly, like there's a hole in the carpet now because you just wore through it. Uh, But where I would fight and I would feel this sense of guilt um, and shame because I felt like I failed in my responsibility to be prepared. And what shifted is um, there's still a ton of anxiety. Like I didn't sleep well Saturday Mm -hmm. um, because I never do the morning Mm -hmm. before I'm about to preach. Um, but I have in the back of my mind and in my spirit, there's a resolve of, oh, I've done my part mm-hmm. and I'm as prepared as I need to be. Mm-hmm. And God, you're going to give me the rest, <laughs> uh, which is one of the most difficult things when you preach more than once is, you know, it, it's being able to go, okay, there were different things for different. It, it's, it's never like totally different than your overarching theme or message. Right. But there will be different things you add or subtract between the services, and that used to be a hard thing for me too. So, so what I'm essentially describing to you is ego. Um, and so for me, it was there was a lot of shame associated with that because the things I was told and I was taught was, if you're not prepared, then you haven't done what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then my own like insecurity grabbing onto that, going, "Well, if I'm not, then I failed." And God's like. What? <laughs> you know, that's and and if you hold on to that stuff, you tend to make a claim somehow that God is about shame. Right. And God is about guilt. And, right. and really that's not true. No. Um at all. No. I mean, yes, yes, what we do on Sunday mornings in the preaching moment is a holy time. Absolutely. And it does and it and it requires that we give our very, very best mm-hmm. every, each and every time. And because it's such an important and really holy kind of time, um, as is all of all of worship, right? 
but we we bring to this moment who we are and, and what we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we bring all of our skills, all of our gifts, um, and you know all of the the heartache that we've had in, right. in the in the last week. Um, coming coming to the preaching moment on a Sunday morning after you've had you know three funerals in the week, right, is a very different thing than coming you know after a a week of vacation or something like that. Right. So you're bringing all of that with you too. Mm-hmm. And God understands that. And as, as long as we can continue to, to, to truly speak the good news mm-hmm. of God in that moment, I think, I think that brings honor to God. And then that is ultimately the task right. that we're given. Yeah. Amen to that. I, I, I think for me too, there's this, um, I gotta be careful how I say this. Uh, <laughs> um, I think one of the things that's so cool about our faith, right, and preaching, right? I love that you said worship, because preaching is part of worship. Mm-hmm. Worship isn't just the music. Right. It's it's communion. It's it's mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. we do on a Sunday is mm-hmm. is part of worship. Um but uh you know, something that that has really resonated with me for a while now, but even more so recently, is you know, this concept of this idea. This belief that you know God called me um, as I am. Now I'm, I'm a work in progress too, but the way that I'm currently wanting to do these things is exactly what God's wanting from me. It isn't. It isn't like I'm. Uh, I can't mature or grow in how I learn about how to communicate and and mm-hmm. and get the experience of that. But this idea that I'm supposed to be somebody I'm not right. when I'm up there is is such not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's been neat um, to even think about it this week, and, and I think kind of what you're talking about as well is, um, which is why when you listen to different people preach, they're always different. Um, that's one of my favorite things about listening to people's sermons and, and listening to when people want to communicate in that, that format, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how different things are and how cool it is that like we could all have the same... Uh, uh, verses from uh, from the lectionary, and yet everybody would have a different message, and mm-hmm. and it's so it's super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk a little bit about um, what sermons are. We talk about like preparing to 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 do them, mm-hmm. <laughs> but what are they, mm-hmm. and and kind of what purpose they serve? Mm-hmm. So um, so I don't know. If if any of you have seen TED Talks or mm-hmm. those kind of things, and they're they what they are are prepared presentations that people give over something that they're passionate about, mm-hmm. uh, and there are certain topics that can that can be, and uh, they work really hard on making those presentations engaging and using media and all those kind of things, mm-hmm. uh, which are all great communication tactics. Sure. And these people generally speak, uh, uh, put together very engaging kind of presentations that are often uh, people in the church um, get connected to those and, and it kind of expect that from preachers too. Right. And as far as the, the aspects of it's a great presentation, they're good communicators, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's valid. But what makes uh, the preaching moment different from a TED Talk is that we're taking all of the communication skills that we have uh, we're taking the context of the congregation and the and our own context that the you know everything mm-hmm. that surrounds us and makes us who we are, 
and then we're taking a, a passage of scripture <laughs> and we're saying, what does this passage mean in the context that we're in and the time that we are in the room that we're in and all of that context mm-hmm. together, very different from a, a Ted talk, which is a great, you know, presentation on a certain topic. Right. Um, but it's taking um, that those communication skills and really applying it to scripture and the time and the people that we are at the time, at, right. at that moment. Right, right. I think for me too, there's, there's this, um, uh, I think I, yeah, I'm going to say this. So good preachers, I would say preachers who handle this in a way that's appropriate. There's a, there's a weight there. Mm-hmm. And a responsibility you mm-hmm. feel, um, and you're very aware of power dynamics that are at play, mm-hmm. right? Because TED talks are fantastic; they're great. Podcast, like all these mediums where people are communicating, especially if they're experts in their field or they're trying to like help you understand information. Um, and a great example of this is you preached a fantastic message on Christmas Eve, and one of the things you referenced was, you know. Uh, an advertising campaign in Colombia that used Christmas, that used Jesus to get to demobilize the the guerrilla infantry mm-hmm. there, which was super cool. And it was yeah. a TED talk, and it was wonderful. But like you didn't you didn't preach a TED talk, you preached a sermon. Um, but but in that, when I'm listening to a TED talk, that person doesn't have spiritual authority, right? In my life, there's not a power dynamic at play mm-hmm. there. That is, there might be some where. Oh, you're an expert in your field, and like, you might be the leading person in this place, and I can almost take your word, quote unquote, as gospel on it. But I know when I get up in front of people, and I'm doing the best I can to communicate a a, a truth from from the scriptures, mm-hmm. as I see them lived out in my own life, and as I see them lived out in the community and trying to accomplish whatever I feel like God has asked me to do with that, that's a totally different responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, And preachers and pastors and people who give sermons who I think are very aware of that, Mm -hmm. it's really important because I can sit here and look at you and look at Dave and say, in the last week, just kidding, in the last two days, I have seen sermons pop up on my social media feeds that I'm like, that one should not have been shared. Right. That's not appropriate. Like mm-hmm. that you're not aware of these power dynamics that are at play. You're not aware of like, um, and especially in a day and age where we're streaming to YouTube, mm-hmm. somebody that doesn't live in our context that I don't know personally, I could say something that has a serious effect on their lives. Not because um, I'm important or whatever, but because we're discussing spiritual things mm-hmm. that we think hold power, mm-hmm. right? When you're saying things, mm-hmm. this is why you do the work you do. Yeah. But when you get up there and you're talking to people that you care about deeply and those mm-hmm. that maybe you'll meet later that you mm-hmm. haven't met yet, mm-hmm. um, that's really serious. Yeah. So I have an example of a time when, frankly, I failed at that. Oh, uh, what was the what was the Tom Cruise movie where he was a jag lawyer, and uh, uh, not the firm? Uh, no, a few good men. Is that what? Okay, it was? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. And Jack Nicholson was uh-huh. up on the stand. Yeah. So I had a, a a message where I actually used that film clip as part of the you know you don't deserve the truth. Oh no, kinda, kinda, Dave, kinda, you didn't. Kind of, I did. <laughs> 
I did. And so, and it was a very kind of emotional moment. It carried a lot of weight in the, uh-huh. in the service. And, you know, of course they're raising their voices and whatever. And I learned afterwards that there was a woman uh, there in the congregation whose dad had, had been abusive to her. Mm. And so by reliving that very emotional kind of moment in that movie, it triggered her mm. to not think about the work that God was doing at the time, but it, but it pulled her back into that abuse again. So mm. um, being aware of those things, and I hadn't thought about that particular uh, side effect of using that clip, the, the message fit, whatever I was trying to point, I was trying to make. Um, but just the fact that they were yelling in the clip and, and the power dynamics that were happening in the clip itself just really, really affected her. Uh, mm. And I was, I was sorry that I'd done that. Um, what a, what an awesome like admission and, mm-hmm. and learning experience for mm-hmm. you too. Um, and that also helps me is like, I'm getting to know you and watching you preach mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, that makes sense now. Uh, <laughs> and, and because this is like, and I think too, is people who, um, uh, so even though I'm a pastor and I have preached before, mm-hmm. not much, um, th- there's something that I want to make clear about sermons and something they are not. Mm-hmm. Um, sermons are, in my opinion, are not meant for consumption. Like, it's not like going to H-E-B and going, I prefer name brand potato chips as opposed to H-E-B potato chips. And so there is this dangerous thing that I've done personally in my life where I've listened to sermons and I go, and I'll judge people and I'll go, well, you don't really care. And then, you know, you get to know people and you get to know their context and you go, oh, that makes sense. Like, I totally understand Mm -hmm. why Mm -hmm. you would share that and not this. Mm Because even when we're listening to sermons, I think that there's this part of us that like is because it's holy, it's a holy time where the spirit is at work, where we're trying to connect on that spiritual level. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I find myself trying to control something or make it relatable to myself as opposed to just let the information come and then me and God work through it. Right. And it and it turns into like this gross, like consumptive thing where mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I don't like your style and I don't like what you're saying. So like there's no way da 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 da. And it's and that's gross. Like it's yeah. just a uh I've I've been a pastor at a church where there's multiple services, multiple pastors going um preaching. Um and you know, somebody from one service hears, well, I heard that was a you know, a great sermon. Uh-huh. You should come preach that at my service this week. That's because I want to hear it. Uh And so, you know, but that sermon was preached for the congregation where I was aiming it at. It was on the day of the calendar, uh, you know, and so that was probably tied into it at the time. Mm -hmm. And so that, that being a consumer bit is, is really kind of anti-gospel. Sure. And And it's such a pervasive part of our faith today. Um, you know, so often, um, it seems like to me that, worship services and uh, seem like almost a TED talk and a concert, um, which is really, it, it's, it just feels wrong uh, to, to see things that way. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's that consumer mentality. Uh, sometimes I just, uh, you know, I feel, um, you know, when I'm tired and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just reaching the end of, of my strength and my energy levels to just say, I just want us. I just want to talk about Jesus. I just want to say, you know, what Jesus said. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and really if the kind of the academic word for the preaching moment is homiletics, mm-hmm. uh, and the, the words break down into homo, which means same letics, which means the word. So preaching is really saying the same word as scripture. Right, which adds to my weight, saying the same thing as scripture <laughs> in the in the because you were there when the, it was written, in, right, well, and recorded and circulated, close, close to it. and it that's happened, right? right? Yeah, uh-huh. right. <laughs> but that adds to the weight. So uh-huh. you know, I want to get to the place where I can say the same thing that scripture says. Try to apply it to the context the best that I can. Have the hearers hear that, mm-hmm. even if my communication skills or my illustrations were poor or off that day or whatever, but that they can hear the good news, recognize it as good news mm-hmm. and accept it as that and kind of look past the, the, the messenger. Right. Um, but if we're, if we're only going to go to a church and if they have these instruments playing or right. they play this song or they play, you know, whatever that is. And that happens on both, both ends of the, you sure. know, all sure, over sure. the place. But ultimately it's about, a time that we have with God. Mm-hmm. Um, ideally, our worship would extend beyond the time that we spend on Sunday and be right. part of our daily kind of practice. But in the, the the communal worship that we have, if we can get to the point where we can come expectant, expecting a word from God, mm-hmm. expecting an encounter with God. Right. That's not manufactured. It's not emotionally manipulated. It's not right. any of those kind of things to where we can, uh, you know, the, the pastor, the preacher can preach the word, can say the good news in a, in a way that's contextually appropriate, that, that music is played that kind of ties in with that and that amplifies mm-hmm. that. And that if we can leave um, knowing that we have been in the presence of God and that we've given God even if we're not preaching or, or playing or, or singing or any of those kind of things, but just that we've given God our time, our attention and our adoration right? for that time. Um, I think that is the heart of worship that often gets lost. Sure. Often sure. Gets lost. I, I think that's fantastic. A um, couple things. So one, um, for me, there was a time I was, I was spending a lot of time with a pastor and I, they said, well, that's my pulpit. And I went, oh, that's gross. Like immediately it was just like, that's not, no, 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 no. Like that might be one of, um, and, and so here's another thing too. Like we talk about being pastors and part of our roles and as we've discerned our calls to ministry and, and, uh, vocationally, but also like just, just how that, how we work in the current structure and how we all understand that communally in the Methodist church. Um, I like to frame it this way. So I frame it in the sense of I'm a kid in the family and this is one of the ways I serve the family. Mm -hmm. This is my gift. This is my offering. And so service, whether it's you up there, it's me up there. It's one of the other people at the church. It's one of my favorite things about you. Is like everybody gets the preach apparently, which is awesome, uh, which I love. Um, but like this is us coming together. Let as me a, say, not everybody. Not everybody. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, not everybody, but but it, but it's not you every Sunday, right? It, it, there, it's a shared space, um, uh, in the guise of leadership and and how that's worked out. But mm-hmm. but in that. Um, this is just part of how I I help. 
This is like part of me living out what God has called me to do, not isolated, but communally, right? Mm -hmm. And I think at times too, like one of the things that I think is gross that gets gets perverted in the in the modern day church is the pulpit and that responsibility or that act of worship is not viewed that way. Mm. It's viewed as a a hierarchy mm. and it's viewed as a a it's one of the reasons like I will never preach from behind the pulpit. I have to be on the floor. Now that's me personally. If mm-hmm. somebody else wants to get up there and do that that way, that's totally mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. But I'm like I'd almost wish like we'd build sanctuaries like going up that way as opposed to going slanted down. But but it, cleaning those would be a nightmare. Um, yeah. You know, somebody drops a bottle of water and it just rolls all the way down the front. Um, but then, but then, it, it, to your point, um, something else I think that that gets lost um, is that you know I've established how it's it's I'm not more important. Right. It's not about me. Mm-hmm. The pulpit isn't mine. Um, and then it's just kind of how, th- in the way that I've been created and the way that I feel like is the truest form, as I've currently faithfully discerned that in this season of life, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is how I serve the family of God that I, I'm graciously allowed to be a part of. Mm-hmm. But lastly, so for sermons for me, when I'm going to preach, um, there's a couple things that are, I think, and it's interesting as I look at the lens of my own personality and like what I care about that I always try to bring. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things for me is repentance. Now, before you turn this off, <laughs> I don't mean repentance in the I get up and I scream at you and I tell you you're bad and that you're making bad choices and you need to make better ones and to turn or burn. Like, that's not what I mean. I view repentance very much from the perspective of if the truth is that God wants a relationship, cool, and God and I have started this relationship, cool, then things that create difficulty for communication and that to be lived out fully that get in the way of that, whether they're my choices or things that are going on, they need to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm preaching, what's important to me is that people understand, like they see things that maybe this might be getting in the way, or maybe it's... um there's something that like you're holding on to that God wants mm-hmm. to have, but it's not from the position of shame. Right. It's from the position of like, God loves you. Okay. So that's one. Then two, uh, action. And so, uh, for me, the other thing that's really important is, um, and what I don't mean is here's a list of things that as soon as this is done, you need to go implement into your life and do and da, 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 da. What I mean is, if we're going to come into this holy time and this holy space together and God is saying something or doing something or or hating you in a way mm-hmm. like it's affecting you, then there's a response. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I think that's always in the in the realm of restored intimacy with God and and, and more whole relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And like so the, that it sounds like super generic and like broad and like, I hope that these two things are always accomplished when you're preaching. Um, but for me, like that's the other, that's the action part of that is God is here. Like God is everywhere. But in this moment, in this time, you have chosen to be here to hear from God and God's the response that I think God wants from us is, um, is that we act upon that conviction. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, Last point, one of the reasons I love the lectionary 
is it really helps me toe the line of my own ego. Yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not different when I'm like, I'm always moving and putting holes in carpet. <laughs> like even when I'm not preaching. Um, and I care about these things deeply, mm-hmm. even when I'm not preaching. Sure. Right. Sure. Um, but the lectionary allows me to not come up with my own thing. Mm-hmm. And there's something implemented that I have had to release. It's it's a discipline. It's a discipline. And so there's this like, somebody has already decided what I'm, mm-hmm. a, a framework. Mm-hmm. Now I can work those other two things in, mm-hmm. um, which I think is true to like what I care about mm-hmm. and God being like, hey, I've called you, um, but you're going to live it out like this way. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so it, the lectionary is this wonderful tool for me. Um, where I get to go, oh, it can't be about just me and what I think. Right. There's other input added. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you care about stuff like that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, ah, man, like, I, you know, preaching Sunday, I was, you feel it. Yeah. Um, I had somebody one time I was preaching and they said, uh, Kelly, why are you shaking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And mm-hmm. I said, because I feel like God is trying to get me to say something and I can't like keep it together in front of you and also like correctly try to say that because mm-hmm. it's just, it's intense. Mm-hmm. And so I'm tr- the only thing I can't control, like I'm controlling my mouth, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. but I can't control my body. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, uh, <laughs> and I'm not saying that like, that's always because God's up to something that could also be like me drinking too much coffee before I get up there. <laughs> but in that, like, so, so as I prepare sermons mm-hmm. and I do that, like the way that I view sermons, um, we talk about proclaiming or preaching the good news. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, those are things that I've always tried to, I think that they have a place mm-hmm. when we're preaching. Right. Well, and I think that maybe kind of what you're getting at there is the key, not just to preaching, but to our faith and our walk and our path to discipleship and all of that, is to be authentic. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're preaching, we're not a different person than we are, you know, Monday through Friday. Uh, we're not pretending that we're somebody else, that we've lived some kind of perfect life and that we've, you know, whatever that case may be. And we're not pretending that we've been, you know, we we're the worst in the world. That, yeah, either, yeah, exactly. Know? Exactly. That if we're there being authentic, that's all that we're called to in the, in our walk of faith. Right. Is to be authentic before God, to, to, to be honest, to be, uh, to be present, uh, with God and with our neighbors, mm-hmm. uh, to be authentic in everything that we do, not to pretend to be anything that we're not. Right. Um, and so we we try um, to bring that you know what that you know in the fifteen or twenty minutes on Sunday mornings too <laughs> yeah. is not to be somebody that we're not to live out the responsibility that we've been given. It's an awesome responsibility, sure, but to be authentically us uh, as we you know as we fulfill that responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so for me, my my essential closing thought is I also want to make sure that I make the distinction here. Because I, I, I think this is something I struggle with is like I'm really tired of like 
the the it's not the power dynamic because that's normal. But what I mean is like I, I, people are like, oh, you're a pastor, and like immediately like I'm some guru that like, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm still one of you guys. Like I'm still one of you. Like I, this is just my role in the family. Like I'm not mm-hmm. l- more than right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to make the distinction of. Uh, St. Francis's of Assisi is like, it's one of my favorite quotes, right? It's like, there's no use in preaching if our walking isn't preaching, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. but living your life submitted to the gospel of Jesus Christ and discipleship and relationship with God and doing the best you can with that. Um, there's some false equivalencies I hear sometimes where it's mm-hmm. like, well, that that's a sermon in and of itself. And I go, no. There, there is a difference, and I, and because on the back end now, understanding what, to some level at least, and the limited experience I have in preaching, in from the pulpit, in front of a, a congregation, and understanding the weight of that, the call of that, like mm-hmm. the responsibility of that, it's not the same as me being nice to somebody at HEB. Right. It's not the same as me leading a Bible study. Mm-hmm. It's not the same thing, and so. I share that not to make one more important than the other, but something I think that is important to our spiritual practice, especially as we've discussed sermons today and their role mm-hmm. and what they're per- like, mm-hmm. what they hopefully can accomplish, is I want Christians to celebrate the different expressions of our faith and mm-hmm. and, and the different roles they have. Absolutely. But I do think it's really important that I make that distinction of um, a sermon is different. Like when you prepare and you're getting ready to preach to people, mm-hmm. um, it's a di- it's a different thing than just, right? So, so false equivalencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I pray that that I can get out of the way on Sunday mornings. You know, this is ultimately about God. Uh, one of my favorite sayings is, you know, when I baptize somebody, my my hand is the one that gets wet, but it's God who's doing the baptism. Mm. It's God who's doing the work. And it's the same thing uh, when I'm preaching. Okay, it's my voice. It's my preparation. It's I'm putting in all of me that I can, but hopefully it's the Holy Spirit that's working through those words to touch the people regardless of what I'm screwing up or getting right or anything mm-hmm. else in the process. Uh, it's all about God's work within the, 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 those who will hear that sermon um, and being online and streaming, you know, adds a little bit something different yeah. uh, to that mix. And, and, you know, I, I don't feel like we've got that all kind of worked <laughs> out, but um <laughs> But uh, it, it is a different piece of that that we have to be aware of and have to be conscious of. But it's the, you know, it it's all about God. The the work that mm-hmm. we're doing is we're following the work of Christ, whose work builds the kingdom in a way that we really can't understand completely, mm-hmm. but that yet will change the world and it and is changing the world. Um, and we're taking our our role in that as does every disciple. Mm. Um, of Jesus Christ in the world. We get to be a part, mm-hmm. not the part. Right, right. Right. Amen, brother. Amen. You want to pray us out? All right. Oh, great and gracious God, we thank you for this this time when we've been able to talk about sermons and 
mm. preaching and their parts and uh, uh, their role in worshiping you. Oh, Lord, help us always to hear you, regardless of the lips that are, are moving. Help us to hear your heart and your desire to love mm. and to lift and to expand each and every one of the people that you have created. Lord, as we reach out in worship and in service and in all of the study and all of the different ways that we we try to to build our discipleship and to, to grow in our love and our respect for you, be with us in each of those ways. Help us to recognize the harm that is potentially there mm-hmm. and the ways that we can love more perfectly. Lord, and as we grow, continue to be with us and remind us of your uh, of your presence. Lord, these things we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's Pastor Kelly. And I'm Pastor Dave. And we'll see you on the next one.